0: Music. What is going on? This is episode 30 of the Connect podcast, and I am sitting here with Professor Matt Manning. Glad to be here. The doctor of love. I'm nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, the doctor no, of nothing. Just, just the kidding. master. Just the, ma- that the, the master That's of. It. Theology. Yeah. The, okay.
1: Perfect. Yeah. The doctor is sitting to your The doctor left. is to my left. The doctor is in. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm in. And it's
2: tremendously that you would refer to Matt as the love doctor. That <laughs> has to, that just changed everything. Yeah. It, the, it, the whole show just everything changed. Everything took a left. Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's somewhere. Oh, man.
0: Well, hey, on, on the Connect podcast today, we're going to be talking about tensions that are happening in the Middle East. Um, if you are alive, uh, I, I am almost certain that you have seen the videos of rockets being shot into Israel and the Iron Dome and all of the different things going on and, and just crazy tension, uh, which tension in the Middle East is not new. Um, and we're going to—we'll run down the history here in a little bit, but I, I've just been uh, thinking about—man, tension—I remember being a kid and thinking about the tensions in Israel and, and all, of, all of the back and forth and the fighting and stuff, which— uh, of course, that's ha- we'll get into it more than later, but there's a lot to be said about that. So yeah, It just keeps happening, right? It, the it tension, does. Yeah. It does. It, it, it
2: hasn't—no one has solved it yet. That's um, the longest ongoing um, tension war, yeah. tension, um, on, on Earth. So I have gathered the brain
0: trust so that we can solve this problem today. Perfectly. Yeah, uh, and then we'll edit it out because uh, it's like solving world hunger. It's true. We don't— Actually, want to solve world hunger? What it, that was a from a commercial or or a, uh, what is it? It's it's from the Grinch. Oh, the Grinch. Yeah, okay. and he's sitting there. He says, "Solve world hunger. Tell no one. Tell you know, no you know, one." When he's yes. when he's sitting there going through of his to do list for the day. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, as we jump into this, I know that both of you guys and and I too have traveled a bit around the world, and I am curious. What, as you have traveled, has been your favorite place to travel or your favorite cross-cultural experience? And so, uh, Kim, I'm going to start with you. What I know that—go uh, ahead and you tell me what what, what is your favorite, and then I'll, I'll ask a question.
2: Yeah, so I've been around a lot of places, places I never thought I'd get to, and largely that happened thanks to being a pastor of the, this church and this great movement that we've been uh, globally connected. So i um, my my greatest um pr- and because it was most impactful was probably Nepal and okay. uh and also the greatest experience i've ever had or the most profound experience I've ever had, was also in Nepal with some uh, missionary friends that we have there the tamangs and uh w- it was it was most uh, memorable because it's just stunningly beautiful and the people are like the countryside or yeah, the architecture and the people, and the people. okay well it, yeah it's a conglomeration of eastern religion and Christians are a really small minority, so they're a they're a powerful group that has to survive by their own mm-hmm. connectivity. Uh, you want me to tell you what my weirdest experience was there? I would
0: love to hear your weirdest. We experience.
2: were uh, Tim and I, a, a buddy, and I went out there to teach, and uh, they were treating us to this great meal of goat. And so they want a fresh goat. So on the way from the airport in Camp Mandu to uh, to the this uh, mountainside resort that they had built with straws and sticks, we. We ended up picking up a goat in the cab, in the in the little rickshaw. A goat. We bought like a, a live goat one. <laughs> off the street, and yeah. it got in the cab with us, and uh, we we rode uh, up thirty minutes to this place, and then uh, the goat was just hanging with us for the couple of days, and then the big feast was going to happen, and the goat was the feast. So they take this dull blade machete and they and they slug away at this oh, goat's neck to decapitate it and kill it. Well, it didn't work, uh-huh. and it just bludgeoned this goat, and it was bleeding, like, a, not bleeding, but bleating, like, yes. a, oh, it was in pain, and oh it was goodness. awful. I can't, cannot get that image out of my head. Well, finally, they got its head severed, and then they dipped this goat, the whole thing, in a vat of boiling water, including its head, which uh-huh. is separated from its body at this point, and then once it's in there for a half hour, they pull it out, and all the hair comes right off, and uh-huh. then they boil it uh, to cook it in this big, uh, pan as they chop it up and we eat every part of that goat oh man yeah it was it was uh, it, that beat my peanut gravy have you had peanut gravy in Mali, where you eat it with your three fingers around the campfire uh-huh. that's a pretty powerful yeah um, of course um you know we're talking about israel you brought up israel and israel is also an amazing place but th- that's a whole different line of experience yeah question with the goat do they season it Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of seasoning. Okay. Interesting thing, that was in 2012, and I know that Straight only goat. because it was April of 2012, and I got back, and I was in the hospital for a week with a uh, a bug I'm sure I got from that stupid goat. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they could not figure out what was wrong with me. But that was yeah, that was an amazing experience. But people live like that. That's yeah. the thing, that people live like that, and they were so honored that they could kill a goat for us. Yeah. Did you name the goat since you hung out with it <laughs> Yeah, I was day. thinking you the You don't same. kill your pets. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's not right. yeah. You don't kill your pets. Yeah. What would you your name Fido? a goat? Well, the only name you can name a goat is Beelzebub. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not Billy? <laughs> is that short for
2: Beelzebub? I think it is. Sorry for not. all the
0: billies in the world. Uh, all right, Matt, what is your favorite cross-cultural experience? Yeah, so I've
1: been able to go quite a bit around the world as well, and my favorite is Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many of the reasons that Kim actually mentioned, the place is beautiful to me. The people are beautiful. Uh, the food is amazing and uh having had the chance to go there a couple of times like i've just kind of convinced myself if i wasn't born in america if i had a choice Mm -hmm. it might be lebanon particularly uh, once you get up into the hill country a little bit up and you look back down into the mediterranean sea and just the beauty and one of the images that just stick out to me we were actually at the seminary that's there staying there and we were all sitting out on the roof and this storm was coming through uh, the mediterranean sea And it was just lighting everything up. And the thunder was like so loud. It sounded like bombs going off. And we were warned that when thunderstorms come through, it actually scares Americans because it's so deafening. It's just, Mm -hmm. it shakes Mm -hmm. uh, the way that the, it creates like a natural amphitheater, Mm -hmm. the formation. And so we watched that. Actually, Pastor Chris was on that trip and he set up his phone in his window of his little dorm room that he was... And he put it on, like, the time-lapse video, Mm -hmm. and it just sat there. And so you can watch the storm move across the Mediterranean up the mountainside. It's really cool.
0: Is it true that if you take the Mediterranean Sea and put it, like, over America, that it's almost the same size? I wouldn't doubt
2: that. I wouldn't... That sounds right. Yeah. Probably. It's it's this little inlet from the... Whatever, the Black Sea over by uh, Europe.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And it just... It, it kind of puts it into perspective
2: of how big it actually is. Yeah. Or, or how small, because you think of it compared to other seas, so the Atlantic, the Pacific, and the Mediterranean is a you know, yeah. pond. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other ones are oceans. Well, I guess the sea and an ocean is the same thing. Right? <laughs> I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs>
2: Wherever water either.
1: was. Yeah. That's all water.
0: Yeah. The Red Sea. How yeah. big is the Red Sea? I wondered if you took the Red Sea and laid it over America, how, how far it'd it would Vermont. stretch. Yeah, it would be like Vermont. It's
2: pretty small? Yeah. It's okay. It's well, see, there you go. See,
0: there, there's compare and contrast. There you go.
2: Two Cs, You know, it's interesting we're talking different. about places in the world, um, and as we get into Israel, and we haven't heard your thing, your story yet, but the, I really like going to places where you're not going to find a McDonald's and a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. They're almost everywhere. They're ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I go to places, I'm surprised. Gosh, there's a Starbucks, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm kind of drawn there because I'm comforted by it. But I like places that, Step me out of my comfort zone. Uh, Israel certainly is not that place as a first world country, but third world countries Mm -hmm. definitely have something going for them where they they create their own comforts that are not comfortable to Americans.
1: That was the crazy thing about Lebanon, actually, when you talk about McDonald's. Like McDonald's is the place to go. Like in Lebanon, people save their salary for an entire year so they can take their kid there on their birthday. Like we do oh, Texas wow. Roadhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they save in order to have a party at McDonald's. And all the McDonald's there are like two stories. They're like huge. huge. And it was
0: like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. what is this? People love McDonald's. There's this there's this lady on, on Facebook. I don't even know who she is. But she goes to different McDonald's and different places around the world to see what different things are on the menu. At different McDonald's around the world, and so she can, doesn't have a life, <laughs> but she's getting paid for it. So oh, well, somebody's paying her. All. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's monetized on uh, social getting, media, so yeah,
2: she's getting some
0: subscriptions. She's getting something. So uh, a couple of years ago, I got to go to Rwanda, and Rwanda actually in Kigali they have uh, a restaurant that they uh, sent people to America, and they created like a a Qdoba or a, a Chipotle in hmm. in Kigali, which is crazy. Like, you go to Africa, and you don't think, oh, I'm going to eat Mexican food. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was pretty good. Um, But there were a lot of things about Rwanda that I thought were great and and wonderful and beautiful. The thing that actually was really hard for me was when we got outside into rural areas, and when the people would gather around, I actually had a a strong, like— panic attack of like claustrophobia of feeling like there's so many people like coming to look at you and see you as, as the, as the white guy, you know, because, uh, they don't see a lot of white people. And so, and really, uh, I mean, they have different reasons for it, but, uh, our friend who's a missionary was, he was so calm and and knew how to handle everything in the situation and stuff. And, and we're all like freaking out and, you know, and even, uh, they don't have police. They just have the military that are walking around with their, you know, automatic rifles and stuff like that, and this story was really good. We were sitting in the back of his car, and we were traveling from Kigali to this place where we were going to be leading a, a, a retreat for other missionaries, and Once a month on a Saturday, the whole country has to send one person from your family to go out and do a a civil project. So they're all cleaning up the country together to make, you know, it's the way to keep the country clean. Um, And so as we're traveling at every town, the military would stop us to see where we were going to make sure that we had, you know, people who if we were citizens, we had people participating in this cleanup day. Um, and we stopped at this first one and this military person, uh, talks to Brad, uh, and he says, do you think, uh, it would be possible, uh, for you to come and participate with us in our holiday? Oh. And, and Brad, you know, and he has the big machine gun, right? Yeah. And my friend and I are in the backseat, like, oh man, he's going to kill us, you know? And, and Brad said, simply says to him, no, it would not be possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Brad knows, uh, if we get out of the car, we're going to become a spectacle, and, and it's it's we have to get to this place that we're going because there's no electricity, so we have to get there in time to get stuff set okay. up before we run out of daylight. And uh, so the guy tells us to pull over, and there's another car behind us, and we're we have walkie talkies and we're talking to each other. And so his wife, who's in the other car, says, "Hey, Brad, what's going on?" And uh, and Brad can speak the language like it's like a gift from God that he's able to speak the language as good as he can um, and so uh, she's like are you talking to him like what's gonna happen And he's like, well I'm going with the I'm a white guy and I don't know how to speak your language approach <laughs> and so uh, eventually works. eventually like 10 minutes later the guy was like fine just go you know and so we we moved on but my friend and I were in the back seat thinking this is it this is where our life ends. you know. <laughs> but no, it, it was good. There's a, a lot of really cool things. Uh, uh, there's a lot of great things in a cross-cultural experience, and I think that there's a lot that we can learn in America about being cross-cultural. I think that most people are not cross-cultural, and uh, uh, I was just talking with, with that that same missionary, and he was talking about how the first thing you, you learn when you go onto a mission field is, is how to have— a healthy cross-cultural experience and that the first thing that you you learn to do is is to listen it's not to say your culture is right or wrong and mine is right it's to listen and understand why do you do the things that you do and in America this today we don't see a lot of that happening it's my way is right your way is wrong and there's not a lot of listening and and, and striving for understanding it's just uh, simply uh, you're wrong and I'm right and so I think there's we should all take a cross-cultural Class it's and learn how to listen to in a cross-cultural
2: environment in the United States of America now, mm-hmm. so many of the nations are represented here, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. It's a quilt work of yeah of beauty. Um, being able to uh, talk to people who have never been out of the country always blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean or out of their own state, yeah, is <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> kind of amazing too. <laughs> it is
0: wild. So, uh, well, yeah, we so we want to jump into uh, Israel and what's going on in Israel, and so I'm just gonna back us up a little bit and take us through just. A very small portion of uh, or or small amount of highlights of, of Israel as a nation um, and and where they've come from and and uh, we we obviously approach everything from a biblical perspective and, and trust that the Bible is telling us things that are true. And so uh, really Israel goes all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? the the Israel's patriarchs, the the who God chose to, make the nation, right? And so we have we have those guys, eventually Moses, uh, you know, lots of history mm-hmm. up until Moses, but Moses comes in. Uh, at that point, Israel is uh, captive and, and slaves in Egypt. We know, most of us know that story of Moses, you know, taking them out. They wander around for lots of years and eventually get to the promised land, right, uh, that we know of uh, would be modern-day, the same area as modern-day Israel. Um, They establish uh, the temple uh, eventually uh, in Israel, uh, and then there's lots of displacement that happens. They get kicked out of their land, they come back, they get kicked out, the Babylonians come in, you know, and there's Lots of history there. Eventually, Rome comes into play. They take over the area. Um, And then getting a little bit more modern, uh, 691 uh, is when the Dome of the Rock is built uh, in in Jerusalem that we're all familiar with, the Dome of the Rock that that sits in the middle of Jerusalem, which actually shares the same land as where the the temple was, and so there's a lot of religious battle going on there. 1918, uh, I don't know how exactly all this happened, but... Britain somehow Mm. gets control um, and starts displacing, uh, or or really Jews start coming back into the area. Um, And then in 1948, Israel gets set up as its uh, own nation. And I know that, Matt, you you were mentioning that you have some some talks about, or some talks, some thoughts, um, just about um, Israel... you, can you give us some talks, please? I can. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll some, throw out some talks. Some more, more better talks. Some more yeah, better talks. That, that's, yes, that's for that's you, it. Kim. Say some talk. Yeah, yeah, I think when in 1948,
1: one of the things when I went to Lebanon that opened my eyes of when Israel became a nation and what a lot of what we actually experienced today between the Israeli, Israelis and the Palestinians is that when Israel moved in in 1948, were made a nation state again. They actually moved all the Palestinians out into Lebanon into Jordan and said, hey, you leave the country, we want to set everything up. And then when we get set up, you can come back in, wink, wink. And they got everything set up. And then they were told the Jordanians and the Lebanese, you just go ahead and keep them. Mm -hmm. And in Jordan, uh, the people intermingled, married, and now Palestinian and Jordanians are are pretty intermingled in Jordan. Uh, In Lebanon, they kept them in containment camps, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, still to this day, they live in uh kind of uh uh these i don't even know how to explain them that's really these ghettos (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. these ghettos run by the united nations actually Mm -hmm. and you can't get in or out unless you have some kind of identification that you're palestinian in that space but that's that's where a lot of the animosity so help me help
0: me understand maybe you know this kim uh just the the geographical makeup. I know that you have Israel. Uh, is is the West Bank actually part of the Israel country?
2: Yeah, so originally the West Bank was not there uh, obviously. and as uh, Israel became repatriated with Jews being brought back and uh, under Britain's encouragement, um, and there's a lot of Brit- uh, British uh, presence in Israel even today the um, the West Bank ended up being the west bank of the Jordan River which is the border between Israel and Jordan mm-hmm. so the west bank of that river is right close to Jerusalem and the West Bank became uh, kind of the hotbed of where Palestinians were then allowed to establish presence as they started to become repatriated back into Israel but under Israel's control so they back would, in and they're Gaining presence in Jerusalem. In, yes, in Israel, in, in Israel. Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah, through through that kind of space on the West Bank. Yeah, West Bank being mm-hmm. that PLO or PLA, depending on who you talk to, the uh, Palestinian Liberation Organization. Mm-hmm. I understand that's the largest employer in the world, too. Interesting. I never, I never knew that yeah. uh, until recently. Fun fact. Yeah, fun <laughs> fact. Uh, but it, for the purpose of gaining their, their perceived right to be uh, a, a, a people with rights to be there in what Israel's defined their borders. Yeah. So the peace accords have, um, I think, starting with Oslo or somewhere, um, became part of the uh, the the uh, a development of the West Bank mm-hmm. and the uh, and the Palestinian presence in Gaza and in the Golan Heights. So, so I know that, so
0: Palestine. Palast- Palestine or... Palestinians? Yes. Is that it? Yep. Palestinians. Palestinians, Palestinians. okay. Uh, They get moved out, and so a lot of their presence is in Jordan, Mm -hmm. is that correct? And in Gaza.
2: Jordan is to the east, and then... uh, Well, yes and no. So uh, when they started coming back mainly from Jordan, I don't know about the Lebanese-Palestinians, how they migrated back, but... They haven't.
1: They've largely stayed in Lebanon and so they are mm. uh yeah countryless they don't yeah. have a well none, no Palestinian has a country mm-hmm. um if you're born you don't have a passport or anything uh Gigi who is actually one of our partners uh in Lebanon is born Palestinian and so uh listening to her life story is pretty interesting in terms of being a person without a nation which mm-hmm. is kind of weird mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in that space is, yeah. but yeah most of the Palestinians have been uh, stayed in Lebanon that were forced into Lebanon after 1948, and mm-hmm. Israel doesn't want them back. In fact, there's um, uh, writings and stories of how Israel, through like secret military, sent um, military personnel in, like in the night, and just slaughtered, you know, city blocks of Palestinians mm. um, in there uh, up in Lebanon. So and Israel's
0: not completely innocent in in what, every what, in, in what the, the country,
2: dis- what country is yeah country yeah is. right
0: right yeah. I know though that from the the Christian perspective is Israel is the hero uh for a different reason
2: yeah ooh it, ooh
0: yeah Kim made it, a face because
2: well, you know, <laughs> that just crosses the bridge right you sure. just cross the bridge uh-huh. into why the Palestinians and why the Israelis both will fight till their death mm-hmm. for that land to be theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, when we get into that, it's, um, you know, depending upon where you stand, I clearly stand with the biblical record of God established that, that land as a promise mm-hmm. from Dan to Beersheba, which is basically Israel today, mm-hmm. um, uh, the promised land that with the children of Jacob, of Israel, mm-hmm. and these Israelites then, conquered that land it was preoccupied Mm -hmm. they had jebusites or the the people that lived in uh what is modern day israel there were people that lived there the jerichoites obviously they conquered jericho to get uh, get into the promised land so uh, and then each tribe was given uh, of the 12 tribes given a piece of that land Mm -hmm. and that land is largely the area of israel now so as christians we take that as saying we can show through biblical history as 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 uh as strong as any evidence of first rights so the first rights clearly <laughs> i say clearly but i have, I have people who will vehemently argue with me about this sure um clearly the biblical rights give that land mm-hmm. to israel now
0: well especially if you have someone that doesn't
2: take the bible as true or or there is um you know, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Uh So there were very few Jews in Israel until it became a state. I mean, Mm -hmm. when Britain started to repopulate, there were very few Jews there. Mm -hmm. And so to create a state or a a, a desire for a state with a small population of people who are actually there inviting the worldwide presence of Jews from Mm -hmm. Russia or Egypt or wherever Mm -hmm. to start repatriating that country, to this day, by the way, that's still happening, mm-hmm. to build military strength and to build presence there. Mm-hmm. Um, People are still immigrating back. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. so there's a trip that uh, you can take as a as a citizen of Israel if your parents of lineage and you live in another part of the world. You can get a free trip to Israel so you can learn about your... Uh, history and your background. I forget what it's called. You remember what it's called, Matt? I don't. We're I do know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what and it's called. And it, the whole idea is to get them to want to move back to Israel at some point, have their families in Israel. Um, so how big it, is Israel geographically? How big? Yeah. About the size of um, 90 miles wide and 180 miles long. okay. About the size of Rhode Island. Yeah, wow.
1: and I think we got to. I think we got to remember, like in the uh, reestablishment of Israel, of the nation of Israel, like Israel wasn't a nation for like thirteen hundred years. Th- that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. that
2: mm-hmm. who, if presence possession is nine tenths of the law, they did not possess the land. They were in the diaspora for all, mm-hmm. all the way from seventy A.D. You're when, talking about. Is the Jewish nation. The, Jew, the yeah. Jews, yeah. 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 When they were dispersed, because Rome came in and burned down Jerusalem, mm-hmm. they a- ac- absolutely burned it to the ground, uh, Jews did not return until uh, when Britain started this in 1800s. Yeah, So mm-hmm. that's a long time to not possess land. Well, who moved in there? Well, the Arabs mm-hmm. and the Muslims in the 600s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they really have an ownership to it based on possession. Mm-hmm. You just don't just yeah. so, all these
0: people. So then their feeling is... Uh, this was ours, and you you came in and you took it away and you pushed us out. No,
2: I don't think the Jews feel that. No, not the Jews. I'm saying. Oh yes, the, the Palestinians. Palestinians. The Palestinians yes. feel yeah, that yeah. way very yeah. much so.
1: And I think when you said you know that Israel's not innocent in this, mm-hmm. like it's important, particularly as believers, to be able to uh, differentiate between the nation state of Israel mm-hmm. and what we see in the scriptures as the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. Right, like nation states act in their own interest, and if you've been to Israel. Israel is as secular as as any other nation these days. They are not a theocracy. Yeah, they're not a theocracy. Like much of Islam is. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Uh, so a nation state, it's a very secular organization mm-hmm. and um, military, but it's populated by very religious people who claim ownership based on
0: mm-hmm. the Abrahamic. Country. And that's how they are able to uh, like, fuel their military, right, is by people who... Uh, well, are willing to, to die for it, right? Sort of. Is, uh, that, is that a bad way military, to put it?
2: No, it's it's a nice way to put it. Actually, military is compulsory. You have to serve two years starting at the age right. 18 in the, mili- the Israel. But I'm
0: military. saying if they're trying to get more people to come and be there, it's the, as soon as you come and reclaim your citizenship, you're now required to be in the military for two years.
2: I'm not sure about that. If you if you come in, I know if you're in your Israeli, kids would be though, right? If you go to school in yes. Israel, yeah, right. if you go Good to school, school. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's crazy.
0: All of it is. Well, I feel like too that a lot of at least on in Western world, like we have our ideas, but I don't know that we fully. We're probably pretty ignorant. It would
1: probably it. be similar to in the United States if a outside country like Britain. Canada. Canada. (laughs) They'd have to have have a little more power. (laughs) Like Britain uh, decided that they were going to take over kind of the Oklahoma area and give it back to the Native Americans Mm -hmm. and that that's no longer going to be American. So if you're an American, you have to move out of Oklahoma so that the Native Mm -hmm. Americans can have their land back and then um, maybe the Oklahomans can move back into the state but maybe not. And mm-hmm. if they do, they're gonna be marginalized. And like we put that in perspective and that's only 200 and years maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Like in that space, we're talking do that, but times it by, by seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. length. And that's kind of what happened in Israel. Is yeah.
2: But the other thing too is, is is, is it odd to think this little, I feel like I want to say the right thing just to get Kim going. (laughs) Is it odd to think that this little Rhode Uh Island-sized country, not a state, a country, with five or eight million people, and I don't know how many people right now, um, both Palestinian and Jews, um, is it wrong—let me me frame it positively. Is it right for them to say, all this land around us is— is Islam and, and and Arab land, Palestinian land. You can go to Jordan, you can go to Egypt, you can go to Lebanon. You can go points east from there, even points north, and some points west if you get into Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and all we want is this little Rhode Island-sized piece of land. Mm-hmm. That's all we're asking, which is basically the Jewish point. Mm-hmm. This is what God gave us. This is all we want back. You can have everything else. Mm-hmm. We don't mind being surrounded by enemies, mm-hmm. which they are. Mm-hmm. Everybody around them wants them gone. Mm-hmm. In fact, no country around Israel uses that term for that country. Right. They don't even call it Israel. Right.
0: I, one of our friends from uh, from Lebanon told me that in school it's called occupied
2: Palestine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Occupied Palestine. Yeah. Or
1: the Christians call it Disneyland.
2: Well, when so, you're in a when you when you're in Lebanon, you can't use you can't say or mm-hmm. or Egypt you can't say um, Israel. Yeah. Uh, so the code is Disneyland. So yeah. you know what you're talking about. That's so. Yeah. Yeah. so funny. I
0: think that the. I think now. The, now it, you just put it out on the. Now everybody knows. Yes, everybody. Uh, uh, yeah, you that gave was a, a good secret. You gave, away, that, the yeah, gave yeah. away the code. Gave away the code. I think when it comes to this is the podcast they're listening to to yeah, get all their this information. Is right. This <laughs> is <laughs> the one.
1: This is the one. I think We're when the comes, is yeah, yeah, when it comes to what you're asking, Kim, I think that um, while us as believers look at it and move towards. Uh, what the scriptures say Mm. in that space, the rest of the world works on who's ever strongest. Mm. And, uh, you know, the United States has only been the United States for 200 years because we happen to be stronger in the moment, right, in Mm -hmm. that space. And I think that the beef of the Arabs, and maybe legitimate from a worldview perspective, is that we were stronger. We took it from Israel. So God maybe gave it to them at the beginning, but we took it. Mm-hmm. And then out of no fault of their own, so to speak, right, it's it's in the aftermath of World War II that the powers that won World War II decided that, hey, Arabs, you have to give this back up and we're going to reestablish Israel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was made through peace treaties and, you know, the aftermath of World War II, not anything that the
2: Arabs had. The Arabs didn't lose it, right? It was just simply... Mm-hmm. That's, but, a huge, that's a huge thing, too, when you think about it. We've never seen that. Many of us, I'm not that old, but my parents are. They lived through that time when Israel was becoming a state, watching this happen after no, nothing like that has happened in that land since 70 A.D. Yeah. That's just mind-blowing yeah. that all this has happened in our lifetime, in right. essence. Right, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, what, does anybody know what it was called before 1948? Like, what did... What did the Brits call it? Did they call it the Commonwealth of Israel? And before 1918, what what was it in terms of historical reference? What was it just part of Jordan? Was it?
2: That is a good question. Um, uh, it wasn't Philistia. We're not talking about uh, the because there's some there's some writing out there that I recall reading at one point about. Palestine coming. Don't up, worry,
0: guys. Google's listening. Being,
2: being an aberration or 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 a, or a um a, a change of the word Philistine. Mm. So they said, they said Palestine. Oh, so it was called
0: to Palestine. control and became known as Palestine. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So people ask modern me... modern hey, day
0: Israel, Palestine, and Jordan. Where do
2: Palestinians live right. I mean, yeah. they don't have a state. They don't have a state. Did they have a state prior to Israel coming in? and Israel came in uh, with the help of the encouragement of Britain and Mm -hmm. the United Kingdom, um, and the United States backing, and uh, just take that land over, claiming original rights. Mm -hmm. I
0: have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So these guys had to leave, and now they don't have a state, they don't have a home, uh, and Israel's saying, we don't want all this other stuff, you can have it. How how come well, or how uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. you mean the other land the other, the other land countries, it, okay. yeah
0: the other yeah yeah we don't want this other land so so what what would is should there be a land created
2: for those that's exactly what's refugees happening. that's yeah. what Gaza is that's okay. what um that's what Bethlehem is by the way Bethlehem is Palestinian controlled okay and uh 20 years ago ish uh Israel built a 20-foot concrete wall around Bethlehem that is the craziest thing in that I've ever seen in my entire life to keep the Palestinians out of the Jerusalem. rest Interesting. Um, and it's their really answer right. was because terrorists are going to come out with bomb strapped to their body and they're going to create havoc in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Five miles is the distance between Jerusalem mm-hmm. and Bethlehem. It's a, it's a it's an easy walk. Yeah, just
1: mm-hmm. Jared. If it would be seriously like right here on 128th, mm-hmm.
2: if. It'd be Thornton. like North Glen Campus and Thornton Campus, yeah. or it's, it's they the, just
1: built a wall and they literally put it right down the middle of the street. So the right side of the street is in you know Israel, and uh-huh. the left side of the street
2: yeah. is Bethlehem,
1: uh-huh. and it's just like these. Yeah, so they, it's they pushed like a all the Palestinians drill.
2: in this little strip in southern Israel on the Mediterranean, uh, called Gaza, mm-hmm. which is also in conjunction with Egypt. Egypt was in uh, partnership with Israel for this creation of Gaza Strip, so that's where all the Palestinians. Live. The problem is there's three three million people living in this. So if all of Israel is the size of Rhode Island, that would be the size of maybe Thorn Campus. I don't know. Yeah, I, know, I don't know it's bigger than that, but mm-hmm. Gaza is really tiny. Yeah, and, and there's tons of people. On yeah, it's and they it, don't have human. You, they they are absolutely in what's it called when you live in squalor and human rights violations. I guess yeah, something like that. it's just it's amplified. It's yeah, yeah, it's not a healthy place to live. Yeah, you can't. No, oh no, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Oh. So that that adds to the frustration. Yes, of course that it does, because they're locked yeah. in there, and yeah. in in old little town yeah. of Bethlehem, and um, <laughs> in the West Bank, and those <laughs> those. <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> so that got me. In yeah. old little
0: town of Bethlehem. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: So uh, and the West Bank. So that's why when you look at a map today, there's this big bubble around Jerusalem. Jerusalem is in the middle, and there's this uh, line drawn to show the West Bank is Palestinian territory, which is Israeli occupied. So the Israel's building, um, t- you know, tenants or rooms, um, apartments. Excuse me, for uh, hundreds of thousands of Israelis to move in there, so that Israeli presence will be continued to be established in. On the west side of Jerusalem, between Jerusalem mm-hmm. and Jordan, it's amazing for the protection of the country. Well, for the yeah, so the so that it doesn't become a country within its country. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, like Gaza is. It's it's a hotbed. It really is. It's a crazy. Hotbed.
0: So, and and just religious wise, uh, we were talking the other day about this, and you were telling me how uh, in Israel, well, in Jerusalem in particular, there's. The mountain there that uh historically is where Abraham as went to sacrifice Isaac, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, as far as we as far as we can tell, Mount Moriah is mm-hmm. the mount. And uh we think that's where God told Abraham to sacrifice.
0: Where is that in in relation to like the Dome of the Rock? Right under it. Yep. Okay. Right under <laughs> it. Okay, so that is the Mount.
1: Yeah, yeah so, it's why the temple was built there. Mm-hmm, that's I, the historical significance. So Abraham okay. sacrifices Isaac there. Uh, if you're Muslim, it's where Abraham sacri- sacrificed Ishmael. That's kind of the that's the V in mm-hmm. the road, and so yeah, so that's why it's significant it's to both a y, road, a y in v- the road, Y in the road. Yes, well there you go. That's yes, the v- it's the fork. fork, it's the fork, <laughs> the fork. That's yeah. the fork, and so that's where it goes crazy. Yeah, or that's why it's so disputed. Yeah, um, but that's also
2: where the temple that we see mm-hmm. in the New Testament, well, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament mm-hmm. it's also there. And then, then it was destroyed, and then in, when, when Islam was established in 638 or whatever, uh, they built, they claimed Israel, uh, so uh, Mecca was their number one site, still is. Number two site mm-hmm. is Jerusalem. Well, they had to establish, well, why is this um, a site for, uh, for Muslims? And so, this, and in my opinion, they made up, because I think the whole thing is made up, but uh, they made up the story of Muhammad ascending from the Mount Moriah. So they built the Dome of the Rock there. And there's another mosque up on that Temple Mount. So the Mount is what Herod built for the Jews to come up and be able to do their worship services. Um, And it's huge. What a guy. Yeah, well, he's a a master builder. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. He's Herod the Horrible to some, Herod the Great to Mm -hmm. others. And uh, there's another mosque there. So the Dome of the Rock, uh, many people don't know that beautiful gold dome is a women's prayer mosque. So only women can go in there and pray. And then the ugly mosque on there. When you do a Google search, the black domed uh, is a um, men's prayer mosque. Okay, for Muslims. Yes, for Muslims. And, and it's, so it's under the Temple Mount.
0: Are there? So obviously, there's Israel as uh, my uh, my bloodline and my state. Are there Israel people who
2: are Muslim or are Jewish there Israelis people? Israelis who are Muslims. I would say yes. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly. just curious if,
0: if if the Dome of the Rock is is in Israel mm-hmm. and they're trying to push, maybe they don't care. I mean, what what's the, the this is completely an ignorant question, but um, how come the Dome of the Rock is still up?
2: Because if, if somebody, you wanna answer that, Matt? You can go ahead. If somebody it. were, if we were to, uh, if anybody were to make a move to remove it, most people, scholars and laymen alike will, uh, believe it will cause World War III. It uh-huh. will. It will cause a nuclear disaster. Mm-hmm. So if there's an agreed upon, so
0: because you have different nations who are backing different
2: people, and that's two, like just yeah. two. The it's, the, it's the
0: holy site, right? No, I mean Here. there's different countries that are back. There's countries oh, that are yes. backing oh, Israel, yeah. and there's countries yeah. that are back gra- yeah. backing backing yeah, Palestine. And we don't get our
2: fingers yeah. on the nuke buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and
1: the Dome of the Rock is, like Kim said, the second most significant holy site in all of Islam.
2: And mm-hmm. the first in all of Judaism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Temple Mount, this large area that's uh, probably six football fields mm-hmm. big, um, is controlled by the Palestinians, but it's uh, policed by the Israelis. Mm-hmm. So they both have to get along. So yeah. and
1: to answer your question, there's when you go into Israel, particularly in like the Jerusalem area, there's different segments. So you have like uh, area of the city that is Jewish. Mm-hmm. You have a area of the city that is Islamic you have a area of the city of what's the Christian sect that's there
2: That's the Christian Armenian Armenian um uh, Jewish and um the Christian Armenian Jewish and Islam yeah and Islam
1: and so there's four
0: quarters mm-hmm. of the city and you just kind of stay in your part
2: kind of yeah you you know mm-hmm. exactly when you've gone from one to the other mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's really crazy yeah and you know I uh, this and, are, is, and uh,
2: are they hostile to each other so this is what's interesting um I sat with learning the, a lot here I sat with the mayor of uh, Nazareth on one of my trips there I invited him to come to our group and uh, he came and he talked to our group and we asked him this question so what do you think about all the hostility between the Palestinians and the Israelis and he said those are the extremists mm-hmm. the rest of us just want peace mm-hmm. we all work together we all eat together we're all in the same rotary clubs together we all go to worship services we all send our kids to kids to the same um, day ca- day camps uh, we want Just peace. We want to just get along. So his take was, it's the extremists who are causing the problem, Mm -hmm. both on the Israeli side and the Palestinian Mm -hmm. side, which is an interesting concept, I thought. It Mm -hmm. is.
1: And not too different from what our experience has been, Mm -hmm. at least in some social issues over the last year in that space. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Christian
2: extremists versus Mm -hmm. progressive extremists. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Which is... Wonder if that happens in America at times as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's that's what I'm saying. it's the extremists that are causing the the tension, and yeah. most people are like, I just want to get along with people.
2: When right. when you go there, and um, at the time of this recording, we're going to be going on uh, within two weeks. Do uh, we got a trip to Israel going?
0: How do you feel about that with everything going on? Or does it I not feel bother like you? I
2: do every time. It's it's a non-issue. Uh-huh. It's a non-issue. So because. Because um, two reasons. One is it's it's kind of like people in a little bit like people in Israel reading the newspaper or reading the news uh, and hearing that there's been a killing at King Supers in Boulder. Oh my! Don't go to Boulder. Why would you go to Boulder? Why would you go to Colorado? Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. So these, uh, certainly when you're launching missiles at each other, that's a little different. Sure. But the, uh, the military strikes are always contained. I was there when Saddam Hussein was launching SCUDs mm-hmm. in Haifa, in the North area. And we never heard a thing about it. We mm-hmm. never heard a thing about it. We, we, we heard about it on the news that night. We all turn on our TVs and go, what is going on mm-hmm. right around us? So uh, that's one reason is it's very isolated. The, the events are very isolated uh second reason is uh tourists which is, which is their main industry are valuable to both the arabs and the israelis so the most protected class of citizen there are visitors mm-hmm. because of their value to their economy both economies mm-hmm. both the plo or the palestinian economy and mm-hmm. the israeli economy do you, but do you feel like palestinians
0: so so Tourists are, but what about American tourists?
2: Yeah, so when we go, we just try not to like make ourselves. It's interesting. The I heard I, I didn't experience this, but there was a lot of Israeli uh, Donald Trump fans mm-hmm. because of his Israel stance. There won't be so much now because of Biden's stance, which mm-hmm. is different. Um, but that's. So you don't go. It's like somebody from, let's say, somebody from China comes over here, and they're promoting, and everything they do, everything they wear, everything they say, China. Well, that's kind of off-putting,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or, or pick your country, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Canadians especially. So that's um, a little off-putting. So what what I tell our group is just don't go out there. Let's not go being belligerent Americans. Don't wear your MAGA hat or your you know your flag shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of, and then. So their questions come up like, well, can we wear like Harley Davidson? Because that's truly, I said, harley Americans an international organization. You can yeah, do that. So yeah. uh, it's just, you know, being staunchly, uh, you know, obnoxiously bold mm-hmm. um, that you're an American mm-hmm. and you're there. Uh, it's, no, you ju- you're there as a guest. Mm-hmm. So. And they already love you. Like one of the things we probably don't realize is the value of the dollar <laughs> around mm-hmm. the world. Like, they, it's strong. Yeah, they- It's still they, strong. Yeah, it's very strong against the shekel, against, well, every currency. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so-
0: Israel used the shekel.
1: Yes. Yeah, and so they, yeah, so that, that when Kim says they really want tourists there, it's because we come with the dollars. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you're not belligerent and trying to make a point, you Mm -hmm. know, most will, are glad that you're there. Like in Lebanon, going back, we were there, the last time I was there, is when uh, the U.S. military fired a missile, literally over, if we had been up, we would have seen it fired it over where we were at to land it into Syria. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next day, unbeknownst to us, like all the phone calls in the morning woke us up of like, hey, are you guys okay? And all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And we hadn't even heard or seen, but part of uh, Gabe and I, uh, we were staying in a different apartment and every day our walk was through Hezbollah territory. Mm-hmm. And for most Americans, when you hear about Hezbollah, it's like, oh my goodness, like you would go nowhere near those people. Mm-hmm. And yet every day we had a walk about a half a mile through Hezbollah uh area mm-hmm. and on that day when the missile went over they were as kind to us on that day as they were every other day you mm-hmm. know trying to sell us the foods and the breakfasts and you mm-hmm. know their trinkets and trying to survive and make yeah, money. just trying to survive mm-hmm. and so like for most of them uh it really was even though it was hezbollah territory mm-hmm. whatever that means like to have a couple of americans walking through there was not a big deal for them even after a missile from the americans mm-hmm. had passed over the city mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, interesting. I th- I think that there, there's certainly a lot of, uh, of thoughts, and even though we have the Christian perspective of of understanding the biblical history of the land and uh, uh, Israel Israel's claim to the land, um, I think that we can all understand the opposite the opposition's frustration. Oh, absolutely. And so when I see videos, on uh, you know, on social media or uh, of hashtag free Palestine or um, uh, people protesting in Washington, D.C., saying free Palestine, you know. Um, even though I don't agree with it, at least I can have a sense of, of understanding how they're feeling, maybe, or their frustration may, to a degree. Yeah. Is we're that very
2: much? We're, we as Americans are very much pro underdog, and right now the Palestinians in those sectors of Israel are. Being mistreated by Israel. So if mm-hmm. it were if the shoe was on the other foot, we'd probably see hashtag Free Israel. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just our nature to go to those that are the underdogs mm-hmm. and uh, and who are being and treated. Balance it out uh, unfairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't we don't have to get into this too much,
0: Kim and uh, uh but I know that we talked about just people see the things going on in Israel, and they automatically jump to, uh, the world's coming to an end, and oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jesus is coming back, or, or get ready, here comes tribulation, or uh, any of that stuff, which I'm sure when Israel became a nation, that was part of the conversation too. And so um, as, as we're thinking about uh, our response as, as followers of Jesus and, and uh, how do we move forward, uh, how do you... Uh, interpret some of that stuff, and how does that affect mm.
2: what you do? Yeah, I really appreciate that question because there's there's a lot of uh, positions on... In fact, I think part of the push to reestablish Israel was eschatological, mm-hmm. was to hasten or at least uh, make possible... Let's get th- Jesus back, make th- Israel th- a nation. Right, exactly. Right. We yes. can do it, we can bring him back. Yeah, we'll force this issue. So, uh, I, you know, the thing that drives me is just Psalm... What does it mean? Eight. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. I, Psalm eight. I, I think mm-hmm. I, it's somewhere. If you don't know, then that's where it is. But if you do know, then it's where you think it is. So mm-hmm. Psalm. Psalm says, "Pray for the peace." Probably just read the whole thing. So yeah, and I have it memorized. <laughs> so the I, so the issue is, um, regardless of where we stand and we think about the return of Christ or what's necessary to happen in the Middle East, um, and I certainly stand at a totally different place than a lot of Christians do. We we pray for the peace of God's people, Israel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think in terms Could, of like a response of a Christian response,
2: um, you know, a lot of
1: things that I see in the world go back to identity and who we are. And at the end of the day, whether it's Jews or Palestinians or Arabs or Americans, right? Every person is made in the image of God. And when we're made in the image of God, that begins to melt away our prejudices against other nations. Mm -hmm. Um, it allows us to pray for the peace in space. And, you know, I think part of my biggest frustration as a, as a Christian leader is watching kind of the lines that get drawn in this debate when the reality is, is that, um, Israel has completely lost its, what its real identity was, which was to lead the world to the God that they worship. Like it was never meant to be this like, nation that just held on to this amazing gift and didn't let the whole world see it, but Mm -hmm. somewhere they got off track and they started to believe that some, that they were this elite group that God had chosen Mm -hmm. as opposed to the very people that God was to use to bring about Mm -hmm. salvation to the God that they worshiped. And so I look at this Palestinian, uh, Jewish like fight that's happening and over land, and it's like oh man like Israel you've totally lost your identity your identity was actually to lead those people to the God that you love and uh, and all of that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter one in terms of identity mm-hmm. then what Abraham's what God called Abraham's purpose to be right to bless all the nations of the yeah. world and then we sit back and watch uh, these fights that happen and it's like where's 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 the blessing yeah. Israel you're the you're the manifestation of god's blessing into this world absolutely um just act like it and yeah. sadly
2: can they even do that yeah. without knowing jesus yeah okay. and
1: that's where i go we have to be able to separate ourselves from the nation state of israel because the nation state of israel is out for israel's best interest mm-hmm. and they should be as a um yeah as a nation but the but the people the jewish nation biblically going back is is to be that blessing and so as christians we have to be able to separate. Israel's acting in its own best interest as it should mm-hmm. in this space as a nation state. And yet the calling on the people culturally is so much larger than anything natural, natural, uh, or nation's interest should be. Yeah,
2: and It's interesting. Two of the three major world religions, um, that are identified there, Islam, uh, Judaism and Christianity. Only one is, um, a faith that seeks to proselytize. Mm-hmm. So, um, You're born into Judaism and you're born into Islam. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of proselytizing going on. If you happen Mm -hmm. to trip into it, okay. But we go in or you're not. Everybody else. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Well, thanks, guys, uh, for, for chatting and, uh, uh, Thank you, Pastor Kim, for for
2: coming. Thanks and, for inviting and, me. This yeah. is kind of fun. You guys have a fun job. It is fun. We do. Yeah, have, we do we have have a have great fun, so. fun job. <laughs>
0: so always lots of good things going on. Uh, please do your due diligence in, in investigating a lot of this stuff beyond even just this conversation. And uh, I, I think that's a good place for us to end, Kim. Trust that, us, but verify. Well, verify, but uh, pray. Just Look, pray for the peace in Jerusalem. I think that's that's a good place to stay. That's a good and, word. and 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 kind of, uh, I think cross-culturally looking for understanding and saying, how can I understand how different people are feeling about particular situations and, and try to find understanding and, and, and wisdom in, in that. So You're a good host. Uh, you,
2: you, you, you play the middle man really well. Isn't that so, nice? Yeah, yeah, I like it. You're That's some good
0: So, Well, thank you, guys. It is awesome uh, to be with you, as always, and we will see you for the next one. Thank you.